All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long night. All right, here we go. All right, welcome everybody to Tree Guy. <laughs> a few moments later. Welcome everybody to Tree. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Phil Rogacki. And I'm Jared Abergina. You're listening to Two Tree Guys Podcast. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to Two Tree Guys and a Bucket of Beer podcast show. This is our first podcast that we're having uh, here in a brand new studio that we just got finished built by a master carpenter named Nick Murphy. Uh, maybe he'll be on the pod, pod, podcast show one day. Uh, but we also have a live studio audience today. Uh, if the studio audience can cheer and say something. No, this is a this is a very special day to have uh, um, opening up this podcast. You know, it's something we've been talking about for a long time, and and uh, you know, myself is uh, Phil Rogacki, uh, and uh, co-host Jared Abergina. Say hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, Jared Abergina is the owner of Evergreen Tree Care and the president and co-founder of the Academy. And then our special guest today is Richard Kingsborough, CEO and founder of Atlas Tree, co-founder of the Academy, and one of my closest friends today. Oh, All right. Phil. Come on, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, how... How this podcast is going to go, everybody and all the listeners that are listening. Uh, all two of you. All two of us. <laughs> yes. Or nobody right now, actually. But two tree guys and a bucket of beer. You know, it's something that uh, every day after work, uh, especially hanging out with Jared, you know, we always finish the day off where we have a beer and we talk about shit. <laughs> what was our day like? What are we doing tomorrow? And creating ideas for the future in the companies brainstorming and uh, uh, trying to solve all the problems in the world. So basically back in the day, it was two, two tree guys in a bucket of shit. That's the name of our... <laughs> you know, so, so on this podcast, we're going to be having uh, different beers, different breweries we're going to be kind of talking about. And this one is a very special one, dear to my heart. Uh, Mare Island Brewery. Uh, Mare Island Brewery opened up... Uh, I think back in 2013, uh, I used to live on Mare Island. Mare Island Brewery opened up. I lived next to the the owner, uh, Kent. Uh, he was my neighbor. And uh, this brewery was the end place for every day of work. We would go there. It was right on the water. There was a ferry. If you wanted to jump on a ferry and go to San Francisco, you could. I mean, the perfect spot. And this building sat there forever. Just sat there. No one... No one did anything with this building. He opened up this brewery, and it's amazing. Now they opened up on Mare Island a place called Coal Shed uh, that you can have, like, big parties and events, and that's where they make all the beers. And then I just read that they're opening up in Benicia on First Street, another brewery from this. And, you know, uh, Kent, I was reading about him today. Uh, he was a winemaker. He actually, if you look on Mare Island for wineries, his winery, I think it was a garage, a tasting room he had in his back garage, which was crazy. Uh, but Mare Island Brewery, uh, 
a little history about Mare Island. Uh, you guys ever heard of Dam the Torpedoes? Yeah. That started on Mare Island uh, there. And they call it Mare Island because General Vallejo, Vallejo, I think I'm saying it right uh, for all my Spanish listeners out there. <laughs> uh, but uh, General Vallejo, uh, a ferry tipped over and all the animals that were on there, he lost his prize mare. And days later, he found this white mare. Someone found it on Mare Island, so they called it Mare Island. And of course, Vallejo's named after him for that. So, if you could, Jared, grab some. Let's grab some of these beers and let's try them. Oh yeah. So, I'm curious. You said they they opened up different uh, breweries, but different names, right? No. Well, one's called the Coal Shed, and the Coal Shed. Uh, it's where they actually make the beer. So the cold shed, coal shed, across the way on Mare Island, what it actually is, it's it's where they kept all the coal for all the ships and everything. So that's where they stored it all. And uh, uh, Mare Island also too was where they used to have nuclear submarines would come in there. And somebody told me a story. They would bring in some of these nuclear bombs on trains. So they had to reinforce all the train tracks on Mare Island because there were spies on Mare Island. There was up to 44,000 people on Mare Island at one time. And when the trains would come, what happens, they reinforced the train tracks because they knew when they had, were carrying bombs because the train tracks were moved. So they would know what was coming in or not. So they had to reinforce them so those would never move at all. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So, no, freaking, freaking awesome brewery. If ever, anybody's ever out in Vallejo at any time, uh, make sure you stop by this place. I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do a hydraulic. There you go. That's an IPA. Hydraulic sandwich. No, this is the Indian. Golden. This this is a Indian pale ale. What's that being? Or the double? No, no double. I know you like the doubles. So, no, no, no. I, I already started. I cheated and I grabbed the nuclear sandwich, which yeah. is amazing. I've been uh, before we started recording. This this is an ama- amazing beer, and I, and I know we've been to uh, we've been to Mare Island Brewery before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was. It's it's a great spot. It really is. I'm gonna go with the pale. We're right on the water. Yeah, I love it. What are you doing? Which one's that one? I got a 5.8% pale. All right. Yeah, this this nuclear sandwich is a sipping beer, guys. You can't chug these. Oh, man. Like you did? No, and I actually... Like I did. (laughs) The cool part about it is I used to always have to go into... uh, I used to to go to Mare Island if I wanted to get this beer. And then they had bottles, and then they stopped bottles. Then they came out with the cans. So I would pick up the beer there to bring back, and it was always on a special occasion. Like, ah, oh, let me pull out a, let me pull out a merit, let me pull out a hydraulic and have a hydraulic. Uh, but that was in Bedmo the other day. They freaking got in Bedmo, Bedmo, really? every single thing. I was like, yes, and not just this Bedmo. There's another Bedmo too. So I didn't know if it was just locally, uh, but they have it in multiple different Bedmos out there. But Maryland well, Brewery, uh, you're not our sponsor now, but if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, we would love you to be our sponsor. And, and even if you guys would come and, and come to our podcast and teach Phil how to pour a beer, it'd be even better. Um, I like the foam. He likes okay. a good head on this beer. Oh, I know. But oh, man. So, I remember my first. We're going <laughs> to... So we're going to get into this. And, and Rich, you know, I... I I know your story, but I don't know your story. Uh, and I know there's a lot of details and, and different things. And, you know, you hear little stories that pop out here and there about, oh, I remember when this happened. Oh, you remember when this happened. Uh, but today, uh, you know, the listeners that are listening today, we want to hear your story. We want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. We want to hear 
I mean, starting since 1982, you started the company and built it from scratch. I mean, you have your old truck, your first truck, the Dodge, which is OD uh, because it was missing some letters uh, that's still parked out front. I just remember coming the first time here and going, why does he have that old truck out there with goats climbing on it? So, you know, today I just want to talk about, I want to hear your story, man. I want to hear, you know, everything that you came from and, you know, from where you're from and, and talk about how you built this company and, and some of the successes and losses and things you learned along the way, because the listeners that are listening here today, there's a lot of people that are out there that are questioning of going, should I start a business? Should I do a tree company? Should I do another type of company? And there's a lot of people too that are in the mix or the uh, the middle of their business and they're wondering, should I just fold up and be done with this? Can Absolutely. I get through that? Absolutely. <laughs> can, can I make it through this, Run. right, um, for that? So, you know, uh, I know you, you started the company in 1982. Uh, when did you know uh, well, here, go ahead. Just, just start your story. Tell me, tell me where you're from and and all that good stuff. This might be a few episodes of this. I know, it might be. I no, know. it's okay. I'm so fucking. This old. might be a couple. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I knew early on, even even when I was in high school, um, that I wanted to own my own company someday. I don't know what. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I had no uh, vision of what that would be. Um, but. <clears throat> And, and I wasn't a good student. You know, I, I sucked at school. Um, I was, I was kind of athletic in, in high school, so I knew, I, and I loved the outdoors. You know, mm -hmm. I loved being outside, and, and I got bored easy. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it kind of fell into my lap, really, a little bit. Uh, I tried a couple things after high school. I tried going to college, um, but that was, you know, uh, that didn't work out too well. What did you major in? Um, girls. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> girls. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I think music appreciation or something like that. Okay. Really? <laughs> okay. No, um, I actually went to because I wanted to, you know, I, I was, I, I did track and field and I was a mm -hmm. decent pole vaulter. So, so I was going to pole vault at the JC and then, mm -hmm. you know. But that didn't, you can't go to college just to play a sport. So that didn't work out too well because I still sucked at <laughs> the actual school part. Um, so, um, and I had, you know, my uncle owned a, a small company in the East Bay. And I had worked with him since I was 14, uh, but not in, in the, in the, on, on the tree side of things. He also had a, a landscape um, maintenance business and, and that's where he stuck me uh, and I, I lived with them since I was 14 during the summer months and um, it was really wasn't until my my cousin came and took a tree down for my parents and I go wow this is I mean that's what I want to do that it was so cool <laughs> so I called my uncle I said I don't care what you pay me I'm gonna come live with you and I'm gonna learn everything there is to know about the tree industry. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, and how'd you know? I mean, watching someone remove a tree, I mean, what, what was inside of you? You go, that's it. Because it took me, I was like 27. Well, and I still didn't even know until to, like three years ago that I what I wanted to do. I don't think you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. But how'd you know? Like, how'd you, what, what inside of you said, that's it? Well, I mean, 
it, being a pole vaulter, you know, I, I kind of like that that rush. I love being outside, and and I knew it just it just fit me perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, is is you know, it's it's a super hard job, scary, um, and and you're outdoors. It's you know, it's it's never boring. Um, and even though I didn't know anything about it, I, I just saw that. I saw a tree climber climb a tree and perform that that act of, of taking a tree down. And I knew that that you know. And I knew my my uncle. Uh, he was he was pretty successful. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was making a good money. Um, so I knew that that's that's what I wanted to do. So, um, so I worked with him, learned as much as I could. Uh, you know, back in the Cro-Magnum age when I started, you know, obviously I, I didn't learn anything right. I didn't learn anything correct. <laughs> so um, what, did, what, did it, what did it look like in, in these days? I mean, are you talking like no hard hats, yeah, long yeah, hippie hair, yeah, right? Like yeah, blue jeans. Yeah, no, I had fit the fair faucet hair hanging down yeah. on my shoulders. And yeah, nobody wore nobody wore hard hats. Um, I mean, was there bell bottoms? Oh, yeah. Or was it cut off? Big time. Or was it cut off jeans? Mm. Uh, no, dude, that's no, no Daisy Dukes. Yeah. I could have seen you out there, tank top. Yeah, or no shirt, no or no shirt. Of course, no yeah. shirt. Yeah. yeah, hat turned backwards, no, uh, you know, no hard hat, no earplugs, no safety glasses, none of that. Yeah. Okay. Those were for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I got hooked up with it with, you know, and, and anytime you start, you want, you want a good coach and you want a good mentor. And my uncle was a, a great mentor. I mean, the guy, he would, he would go out there and he'd sell all day and he'd come home and he'd make phone calls till, you know, 10, 10 30 at night, you know? So, um, he was a good mentor to, to, to teach me, a, you know, a really good work ethic. And I got hooked up with, with a foreman that we became best friends, um, we both we both loved playing guitar. Uh, we both loved to work out, and you know, so we would go out and and we would swamp the ground guys, and we'd be off by two o'clock, and we'd be in the gym and and uh, every day, every <laughs> day, it. and then I drink a, a Coors Tall Boy on the way on the way home. Oh, man. <laughs> American dream, <laughs> right there. It's an era thing, the silver silver bullet like uh, era. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, so, you know, I was dating my my then you know wife to be, and 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 God rest her soul, her her mom um, knew what I wanted to do, and and she had this bridge club uh, every week, or mm-hmm. you know, and they you know they were fairly affluent, you know, and it, she hung out is with this a the game. Yeah, bridge bridge. Okay, bridge club. Uh, uh, beyond yeah. beyond my time. I don't know how to play it, but <laughs> so. She would, she would, uh, um, and and you know, I was engaged at the time to to Cindy. Um, so she would, uh, she would tell all her friends at, at at this bridge club, and it said, "My future mother, my future son-in-law is going to be a tree surgeon." What? <laughs> was, she New, was she from New Jersey? <laughs> She's from back east. Oh. Um, like I just clump, clumps them in all. <laughs> some yeah. Don't they all have that accent? Yeah, they all do. <laughs> So anyway, after, I mean, literally after like, you know, six or eight months um, of working for my uncle, um, my mother-in-law had, or my future mother-in-law has lined up some work for me. So, you know, that, that kind of took off, you know, it's, I'd work five days for him and, and I'd come, you know, in, in the East Bay and then I'd, I'd drive back to, you know, Sonoma County and Saturday, Sunday I'd work here. Um, 
So she was your first sales she rep. She was my sales rep, and she did a great <laughs> job. Uh -huh. She did. So what, what were you running back? I mean, you're running a pickup truck. Or yeah, you're, yeah, you're I just, got I got a pickup truck with the with the plywood sides, you're man. Slashing and yeah, tossing. absolutely. It wasn't that Dodge though? Was, no, 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 yeah. no. That was big time. The Dodge so, was, was like when I got an actual dump truck. That was that was yeah. celebration time. <laughs> so. No, this was a pickup truck with you know the the plywood so sides. Pickup man, I'm, I'm, it was a, it was a Chevy. Um, no. Two wheel drive, three on the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, and I couldn't afford the dump fee, so at one Sunday we'd find a, 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 a wide shoulder or something. <laughs> you were that guy. Unload the. You still do that? <laughs> I curse those people. I drive by. I'm like, <laughs> Mare Island. We used to do that with Palm. We'd back up on Mare Island, but I would be a lookout. I'm like, I don't see anybody. They're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Lights off. Everything. No, I'd have. A, we'd have a rope underneath the whole. <laughs> We'd have a rope underneath the whole load, so all I have to do is like back up to a tree, hook the rope yeah. up, and I'd take off. Oh yeah. And I'd grab my rope, and we'd be on our way. That's so funny. Sometimes I'd, I'd, I'd get up really early because I forget to do it on Sunday or whatever. I work late or whatever, and I'd, I'm trying to unload my truck Monday morning and be in the East Bay by, by 7 o'clock. <laughs> what if you didn't have a tree? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Someone's front. Yeah. <laughs> Mailbox post or something. <laughs> no, but um, so that you know, it, it, it's after about two years. Oh man, you and Phil need to learn how to pour a beer. I know. This, I'm trying to hurry. Maybe it's just the Maryland beer. Maybe this. Wait, uh, what did I just open? I need to. I need to show what I just. <laughs> yeah, opened. what's that one? Uh, this is a lager. Oh, Marzen lager. It's a lager. What's it called? What's the name? Marzen. Marzen. With the Malt? whole thing over the A, so I don't know. Oh. How to, you did. You did. No, it's, it's Marzen. Man, Marzen, Marzen, Marzen Lager. Where did you see Stop. Marzen? Yeah. No, the top, the big name, up above it. Oh God! Shit. <laughs> oh, what's it? Monomoy? 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 I don't know. Monomoy. Exactly. That's a type of lager you're drinking. Is it a monomy? I didn't even realize it was a big name. Survivor's Tale. That's yeah, but I should have got one with an easy fucking name. Uh, mm. Speaking of, I don't think... Uh, yeah. yeah, cheers. Jeez, you drank a whole beer already. Yeah, mine's better. So keep going. Ah. So... You know, and, and in my my kind of, I, I thought, well, I, I was kind of figuring out how much money my uncle was making. I go, well, shit, I can go out and, and work till two, you know, get in my boat and take off to the lake and, you know, just work six hours and go play for the rest of the day. So after a couple of years, uh, I felt like I can I can keep myself busy like three, three days a week, mm -hmm. you know, so I told my uncle, I said, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out on my own. Mm -hmm. Um and he says, okay. And I said, by the way, back then, you guys remember the phone books, right? Yep. When everybody looked at phone books back yeah. in the Cro-Magnum man oh, yeah. days. Um, I wanted to start with A, and his, his, his company name was Atlas, right? Mm -hmm. So I, want to say, I, I, I told him, I want to, I want to call my company Atlas. Um, and do you mind? He says, I don't care as long as you don't come into my area, you know? Yeah. So I changed it up a little bit. Um, so... You know, I quickly realized that, you know, first of all, I didn't know shit about trees, really. I was a good climber. I was mm -hmm. a really good climber. 
I didn't know shit about trees and I knew even less about business, right? Yeah. So I, I, I did what I said I would do. I'd, I'd work till two o'clock and then I'd go play for the rest of the day. And, and uh, thank God for my wife. She, you know, she starts looking at the books and she goes, you know, we're not making any money. <laughs> you, you spend your You're paycheck like, right after work on your boat. <laughs> We're not making any money. What age is this? What, uh, what was I, 20? 23. 23? 23. 23. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, just a kid. I mean, do you remember, I mean, opening up a business license? Did you yeah. Did you need a contractor's license back then? Maybe two? I, um, I didn't know that then. <laughs> but I soon found out that, yes, soon I did need a, okay. need a contractor's license. Um, but you know, one of the guys that really was a a good coach and a mentor to me, and I I was, I was doing one of my jobs at a mobile home park and, and in the middle of summer, it was July Mm -hmm. and I had my spurs on because you know, back then you spurred up everything. So middle of July, I'm spurring up a pine tree, pruning a pine tree. (laughs) So some guy pulls over in a pickup truck and he gets out and uh, he enter, he introduces himself as Sam Noonan. And I don't know if anybody out there knows who Sam Noonan is, but he is he is a legend. The guy is multi-world champion. Mm-hmm. Guy knows more about trees than than just about anybody I know. Um, and he's local. He's yeah. local, right here in Sonoma County. I'm gonna have um, to get he's, him. He's We're recently gonna have to get retired. Him on the next show. <laughs> recently <laughs> retired. Need wine. Wine. <laughs> a lot of wine. Okay. So see, so he basically um, he calls me out of the tree, and and he basically says, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm pruning a tree. And he goes, <laughs> he literally goes, he shakes, shakes his head and he goes, man, you know, it's July and you're, you got spurs on. And he was the one that introduced me to the ISA. Okay. And, and um, you know, and, and so I, I started, uh, I started looking it up and I started learning about it. And uh, he actually was the one that, um, uh, you know, stimulated me to, or prodded me to to compete. Hmm. Um, hmm. So I, I quickly learned after you know going to a couple of seminars that you know I don't I don't know shit about trees and how they yeah. react when you prune them you know how to properly rig or any of that and I don't even know the names of half of the trees right. So um, so I just I dove I dove all the way in and and you know I wish I knew that when I was in high school. You know, um, and it would have funneled my focus, and I really probably could have gone to college to to learn about this stuff. Um, but anyway, so um, so I, I just you know dove dove hit in. I became a certified arborist, and you know track and 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 all that stuff, and and then um, I started competing. And that's where I really grew mm-hmm. as um, a tree climber is competing. And, and one of my, you know, um, that's where I met, you know, Jared and Jared's dad, Gary. And, Jer- and, and Gary and I became very good friends. Um, I was just a wee baby. Yeah. Jared was just, <laughs> had still had diapers on, I think. <laughs> yeah. He looked like a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> this is when I make the face. <laughs> so if it wasn't for Sam Noonan uh, stopping by that truck, where do you think he'd be today? Oh, I, I would. We, I'd be way behind. 
I'd be yeah. way behind. And I'm glad he caught me at such a young age. To otherwise, I'd you know, knowledge is key. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Without the knowledge, you you, you can't you can't grow. Mm-hmm. You can't grow as a person. You can't grow as a professional. So, and, and also you have to be willing to accept that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, there, there are guys out there that are stubborn and says, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do my, I'm gonna do I know, my way. I know. know. I don't need yeah. them. I just find that amazing at that period of time, there was only a handful of people that were that, you know, giving and willing to share, yeah. you know, our, yeah. our industry. And, Sam, you know, Sam was, I mean, gosh. Back then, it was like you drive by a tree company, and these guys were flipping each other off, and they, yep. they wanted nothing to do with each other, right. let alone make yep. you know their and, the competition better. And, you know? and you know that's what inspired us too to to start the academy was to give back, right. you know, from what right. Sam Noonan did. Absolutely. I mean, I sent that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I sent that uh, uh, video to you. No, I pushed you closer me. to the mic because you weren't close. Don't touch me again. <laughs> Oh man, no one's gonna listen to this show. <laughs> to all the listeners out there, I'd like to apologize right now for Jared from this show and the hundredth episode. No, but uh, I sent you that video. I was listening yeah. to Mark Chisholm, and He's, Chisholm did. said when he did his first world championship and he didn't win, there was a guy named Sam Noonan, and he was talking to uh, Nick from uh, Tree Stuff. He said, "Do you know who Sam Noonan is?" Like, no. And Mark's like, "That guy came up to me and said, kid, you got something.'" I want to see you back here next year. You need to be back here. You got something. And and that little words that you would think that it doesn't really matter to right. say those. Mark took those words into his heart and goes, who is this guy? I'm coming back. He sees something into me. And he came back and won how many more world championships after that? You know, that more than me. <laughs> more, more than Jared. I was gonna say that, but <laughs> you know, because of this guy. Sam, and when I heard that, I was like, "Holy crap! This guy is inspiring people." He doesn't even. He might not even. I mean, he's changing lives. Yeah. I mean, absolutely changing he, lives he, from his words yeah. that he's using. Yeah. He influenced so many people. Yeah. And then you know, he he, he judged for how many years? Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Talking to all these guys. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. 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 No, he's he was he's. He's literally a legend in in, yeah. our, in our industry. He really is. So so meeting Sam Newton, starting starting your company, building it, learning business, wife's helping you out with I, the I book. still don't know business very good. So thank God for my wife. <laughs> but then when what what was your next kind of breakthrough? You're starting, you're learning, hey, are we making money? Are we not making money? Uh, what were the next steps to really kind of help you expand and grow to where you felt like I need to do more. I need to get more guys, bigger equipment. I mean, what was those kind of uh, steps? Um, well, you know, um, we were we were doing fairly well in residential, and and then one day we had an opportunity to do a. It was our first what we call heavy commercial jobs, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know it was for a, 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 a like a like a dirt contractor, like a, mm-hmm. a you know site work engineer. Um, with heavy equipment and and you know I, I bid and, and I was successful in getting my first what we call heavy com uh, contracts mm-hmm. and it's like I was, how much it, was it oh shit how much was Fountain Grove huh it's like fifty thousand yeah it, yeah and I thought Pop that a was bottle a, of champagne oh yeah. man yeah that it was, was a big deal huge huge you were done for the year you're like done yeah done Drop the mic. yeah exactly. <laughs> 
I could go on my boat again. <laughs> I could go on my boat again. <laughs> I'm sure Cindy was like, no, you need 10 more. Yeah. Just go get them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I was introduced to that part of that world, which was really equipment heavy. And um, we really didn't have any equipment then. So I, I you know, I, I hired a guy with a with a, a track loader and um, we were still, we did, still did everything by hand. We had a, a hand fed chipper. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that introduced me to a whole new world of, 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 of heavy comm mm-hmm. and, and introducing, uh, you know, the tree work w- incorporating uh, equipment with mm-hmm. it. Um, so it's like, you know, soon after that, we, you know, we needed a bigger chipper and, you know, we needed, you know, skid steers and, um, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that could, because these guys, um, if, if you don't get done on time, you know, uh, the clock's ticking and, and it's like the clearing is the first thing that needs to happen. Right. So it's like, if you delay them, mm-hmm. it's not pretty, it's not pretty at all. So, and they're on your ass all the time. It's like, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? Because they got all these guys waiting to get on this project with all this equipment ready to move some dirt, right? And they're waiting for some fucking tree guy to get the trees out of the way. (laughs) Were you on time on this project? Uh, We did okay. We did okay. okay. Yeah. But you got got a taste of this. We got a taste of that. And, you know, in the industry, you know, talking to a lot of guys out there and a lot of companies, sometimes they, they, they're right here in front of them. Like, that's all they can see is I only can do residential because that's all I know. Right. And there's a whole bigger world out there for them. And they just stick in that. And, you know, yourself getting in and, and open your eyes to going, holy shit, right. 50 grand, one customer. I did the same amount of work for right. one customer yep. of what I would have done for yep. 500 bucks. Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> <laughs> you already told me you're I'm not so all residential. Rude. Like I'm right here. Sorry, Dad. We love you, Gary. We love you, Gary. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it, I, it and, and nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody was doing it. So I knew there was kind of a little niche there that um, that we needed to get into. And it wasn't easy because these guys hold your money. They, they, they look for ways to hold your money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you get done with the project and they pay it and then uh, they'll hold 10%. Mm-hmm. Well, why are you holding 10%? We're done. You know, there's no more trees. Yeah. You know, just in case. Just in case. And that's like, that's that's the profit on the job, right? It's 10%. Right. So um, it, it wasn't always easy, but uh, we started to, uh, you know, make, uh, create relationships with, with other um, contracting engineers or, or, you know, dirt movers. What, what do you call them? They're, uh, dirt movers? They're not dirt movers. They're, they're you know, Whatever. (laughs) General engineers. General engineers. General engineers. Okay, thanks, son. She's so smart. She's so smart. She should be on the show right now. I know. But anyway, and we we started doing more and more and more of that work. Um, And we we developed relationships with with many of those Mm -hmm. all in the in the uh, the North Bay area and the South Bay area for that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's kind of how we grew, um, you know, in the initial phase. Um, so, you know, 
that's that's kind of where we were before we really decided to to really dig in and and, and grow bigger. And when was that? When was that first job at? What, what year was that? You think? The first heavy comp job. Yeah. Um, two thousand. Two thousand. So at that point, as, as a company, so you just got into heavy comp. What 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 else was there? There was res. That's it. Was it's residential res. and heavy, no, heavy comp. Like. HOA, no. We weren't doing any, yeah, no. We weren't doing any multifamily. Uh, we did we did a little bit of HOA work, but uh, it was just, yeah, yeah residential and, and heavy commercial. And so that was the, that was yeah. the, the platform you know, to yeah, you know, uh, running. The funny story is that when I first got in this industry, and I, of course Rich knows this because I tell him once in a while, but the first time I got in this industry and I had my very first bid I found online, it was for Napa State Hospital, I remember big packet i read every single word through that whole packet i try to memorize it i'm like oh no god dot the t's you know i mean i mean dot dot yeah dot the t's and cross the I's. that's what we got to do man this is some good beer <laughs> uh, i remember and i went out there and i walked and and there was there was all these companies we literally had a bus going around this thing and i'm just sitting there and everybody their big arborist patches all over them you, you know arborist here arborist here not me i wasn't even an arborist they were like oh you an arborist i'm like I'm a qualified arborist <laughs> No, feels like what, I qualified what, myself. What's, what's an arborist? <laughs> I had no idea. They're all naming trees, naming trees, and I'm going, oh shit, what did I get myself into? And I remember at the end, we put the bids in. I worked on all these bids. I created matrix on the computer. Had no idea what I was going to do. How many trees did I had to do per day to win this? And I remember I went in for the first bid opening. It was a bid opening and only three people. There was like a bus full of people and only three people turned in their bids. And I'm going, what the hell just happened? Why was there a bus and only three guys turned their bids? And you know what? You don't need to go to the bid openings. Actually, you find out. I know. But let <laughs> me tell you, if you've been to a bid opening, I don't care. Till this day, it's exciting. You sit there and they open up the first envelope and and they open up the first envelope and they look and you're like, oh, and they read the number off and then they got to ours and then they got to Atlas and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. It was between us and Atlas. And I won. <laughs> My very you also didn't make any money. <laughs> my very first bid, I won uh, for all these trees. I think it was sixty-seven thousand dollars, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Drop the mic. I'm done for the whole year. Oh man! So that was the first time I uh, was introduced to Atlas, and you know, I always heard great things about Atlas, and I knew they did big shit. That was it. Atlas, they do big shit. They got big equipment, and they do big shit. Yeah. And that was your name in the industry with the heavy com amongst all over Northern California was Atlas. Atlas, big Atlas, bucket Atlas, of Atlas shit. does everything. Big, big, bucket of, <laughs> big bucket of shit. So 2000, heavy com, growing, then what? What was next big chapter in your career and your business and uh, the people that were working for you? Big chapter, you know, um, it, business is, isn't always easy. You know, I, I think one of the, the the big turning points was, you know, when we almost lost everything. You know, after the recession, um, mm -hmm. you know, we 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 were just buying jobs. Um, we weren't making any money. Um, 
we kind of let loose with the reins a little bit and, you know, let people kind of have a little bit too much control. Mm-hmm. Um, and we almost lost everything. And, you know, and, and it literally, you know, we just, we, we were determined not to lose. Um, so we fight, we fought and we scratched and we, we came back and, and the thing, the thing though, is I would not trade those times for anything. That's awesome. I wouldn't trade those times for anything because you know, that, that made us better. Mm-hmm. That made us way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we, we, we've been there and we're not going to make those mistakes again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So we had we had a, a, a like a, a Superman kind of drive, my wife and I. Um, that uh, I mean, it like twenty four seven, man. It's 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 it, you know, and it was it was us. It was just me and me and her. Yeah. You know, with the help of some really loyal, really loyal employees mm-hmm. that said, you know, we believe in you. We're going to stick this out with you. You know, we're going to see this thing through. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, we've got we've got people with us that have been with us for 30 years. Wow. You know, and they stood by our side, and you know, it's like they knew it, it was it was questionable whether they're going to have a job tomorrow. Hmm. You know. Um, wow. But that you know, going through those experiences made us so much stronger. Yeah. Um, and it's it's and it puts that thing in the back of your head that you know that's 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 there that's always yeah. there it's like you know uh, i don't want to go back there yeah. again yeah. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and if things start you know turning a little bit that way it's like oh no no <laughs> been here before not gonna fucking do that again <laughs> so but it's the, it's the failures in life it's the fires it's the trials that make the person who they are you know yeah and you guys went through it and you guys didn't give up and there's a lot of people that would have gave up and you guys scratched crawled did what you had to do to win and to get back on top yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome and i'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that are that that are there they're there right now you know and and they're listening to your story and they're there and they want to quit something just happened they don't know how they're going to get out of it and they're figuring it out. So COVID you know, just you, happened. I mean, this put a lot of a lot of companies to the ground just this yeah, year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So people listening, you know, don't give up. Don't give up. If you guys have any questions, call Rich. <laughs> <laughs> call Rich. Uh, he's got some wisdom there, my friend. Call Rich. Well, if you don't fail, you you know, if if, if you don't fail, you don't want you don't know what that feels like. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know that. I mean, you can't really. Uh, it doesn't make you better, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's the life's you know wins and losses you know going through yeah. you know your life is is what makes you who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go through life and everything's roses and you never have any hard times, you know, you, you're you're living a, a you know fairy tale. A fairy tale. Yeah. Life, it's just right? like being you know as a competitive athlete, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. If you don't fail. You know, if you're constantly winning, then you don't you don't compete. You have no drive. Right. You have no want, right, to succeed. So you just right. kind of live in a monotonous everyday, you yeah. know, lifestyle. So that fails good. You know, it's yeah. it's I, I I don't have all the numbers and statistics on it, but you know, you, I, don't think. <laughs> uh, you know, reading about Michael Jordan, you know, everybody talks about him being the best basketball player in the world, but you you don't hear about all the game winning shots he missed. And all the game, you know, the games he lost, and all the the free throws he lost, you don't hear that. 
you know? And But he did. He had lots of those, lots of failures for that. And he's the greatest basketball player of all time. So, you know, you, you have to have those things in life. They teach you, they teach you that. And, and when you do win, you, you appreciate it because you knew what you had to come through to get to there, you know, for that. So that's, that's awesome. What year was that? Uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah. We were like, after, after the recession, we were able to hang on, but losing money every day for that long. And then it finally just got us. So what, what were some of the things that you changed in a company to be able to bounce back like that? Uh, we dug into the details. We dug into the details and we made a few changes, mm-hmm. um, in the company. Um, and we put on a lot of hats, mm-hmm. um, you know, instead of having somebody else oversee stuff, we were like overseeing everything. Mm. So, yeah, it was digging down to the details. So, I mean, what what kind of advice would you give someone out there that that's listening to, if they're in that position? I mean, what what do you mean by like the details? What are, what are some of the things of the details of digging down to? Every expense, every cost, every, you know, um, can we afford to do this? You know, um, it, we got to buy a used truck because we can't afford a new truck. Um, uh, the 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 uh, the way a job is run, mm-hmm. you know, um, out there coaching your guys, yeah. you know, out there with the guys, you know, making sure the job gets done yeah. on time, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're thought you're talking uh, thirty years, and you you were there thirty years in business, and you came in there, yeah. and it was almost like a restart. Yeah, it was a restart, a full, full restart, full, full restart. You full know, restart. and there's a show out there right now called uh, Undercover Billionaire, and they take a billionaire, multi-billionaire, they give them a hundred dollars, they give them ninety days to build a one million dollar business to show that anybody could do this. And these guys sleep in their trucks. They buy scrap metal. I mean, they find scrap metal. They find used tires. They sell them online. And they scratch, crawl, beg, do whatever they have to do. And they, at the end of that 90 days, they're working on building a business to build a million-dollar business. If they don't build a million-dollar business, they have to donate a million dollars of their own money to that business and have the people that are in it uh, run it. Wow. You know, from that, it's a pretty cool story. So when I hear that of, you know, you know, being in that 2012 and, and knowing that we're about to lose it all and survival and you yeah. just kick in yeah. and you put yep. on many different hats. Yep. You look at the details, you open up every door, every email, every penny. Where is it going? Why is it going there? And you think about it and you got back and you got out of that. When did you feel that you pulled out of that to where you were like, I can breathe. Okay. <laughs> you know what? It never leaves you, Phil. Yeah. It never leaves you. It's always in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it wasn't until uh, probably just a, a few years ago, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, um, we were still, you know, running it the same way. Even though we were hiring people, um, we were still super, um, super hands-on. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it micromanaging, but but it's almost like micromanaging. Yeah, you know? every detail, um, every every detail, because that that never leaves you when you go through when you go through that experience. It it never leaves you, mm-hmm. um, and and eventually you learn, you know, uh, where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you learn to 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 trust people again. Mm-hmm. 
you learn to trust that that people are doing their job and 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 it's it's the good people that you hire that that are around you that uh, you know believe in what you're trying to do uh that that will provide that trust yeah thank you, you know Rich. i appreciate that thanks yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. except for jared <laughs> uh. tune in next week for part two of our 100th episode 